Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Post Post Podcast. With me, as always, is my buddy Chris Ronan. How's your night going? Doing good, man. How's things for you? It's going well. It's going well. Setting up over here for the podcast. We got a few things we need to talk about this week. Um, do you excited for the preseason, man? Oh man, starting Sunday. We got a bunch of stuff going on next Friday when we'll be recording. Fucking like ten games going on, eight, ten games. Fucking nuts. So hockey is back in action, baby. You feels ready? Like, feels like we just finished, right? Yeah, it feels like we literally just be like, oh, now to now what do we do? And Short, now we're just like shortest oh, off season of my life, man. This is nice. I love it. Beautiful, beautiful. It's what we want. Content, baby. Yeah, man. So we got some signings this week here. Nolan Patrick signed a two-year, $2.4 million contract with Vegas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nolan Patrick's been in the league since 2017 with the Flyers. His first two seasons, he put up 13 goals and 18 assists. Not a very fast player, but at 23 years of age, 6'2", brick wall on the ice. Uh, He produces a lot of solid hits and solid plays on the ice, don't you think? Yeah, I like it. Uh, See any videos of him, Nolan Patrick, playing? This kid's fucking young as shit. Uh, Not that – I mean, he's tall, but not that big. But you see players just running into him and just like – Get slammed right into the ice. Big dude. So, uh, kind of want Vegas. Uh, good pickup for Vegas. Uh, kind of a name that no one really knows. I'm sure if you're a Flyers fan and hear Nolan Patrick, you're like, you know who he is. But uh, a lot for a lot of people when they saw the sign, like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, I know him because, as I say many times, that the Flyers just continually let me down. But I do. <laughs> I did like this player a lot. Um, the one thing I don't know is if he's a forward or a defenseman. He's a center. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is a good pickup for Vegas to add to the, the depth in the lineup. Right. Uh, moving on, another signing uh, that was pretty big this week, too, was Zidane Chara signing a one-year undisclosed contract with the Islanders. Uh, Char back with the team that he broke into with the NHL um, since – well, this is 20 years ago. So he broke back, broke into the NHL with the Islanders back in 2000, so 20 years ago. Or 21. Holy shit. Oh, fuck world. Um, so we all know Char- what Chara can do. Uh, he played with the Washington last season with two goals and eight assists with an average uh, time on ice of 18 minutes and 19 seconds, which was what he was looking for before leaving the Bruins, and the Bruins couldn't give it to him. Uh, this might be Charles' last season. We see this time and time again where players signed their last year a one-day contract to retire with the team they started with or had more of an impact with. And at 44 years of age, we could see it. Uh, it'd be kind of cool to see him retire with the Islanders, but at the same time, I feel like you see Zanel Chara and you see a Bruins spoke B on him instead of, like, an Islanders. What, like, what do you think about when you see him? Yeah, and I think that's more because he lifted the cup with Boston than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um and, I mean, he was the captain in Boston, too, so that's definitely a factor in it. But when he first started in the league, you were like, holy fuck, this guy's huge. And I think he was in Ottawa for a little bit, too, right? Yep, yep. So, I mean, he's been around more than you think. So, but. he was on, uh, in 2000, he broke in the NHL with the New York Islanders for one year. Went to Ottawa Senators for one year. Mm-hmm. And then the Bruins picked him up, and that's pretty much been his uh, career in Boston. Yeah. Which is crazy to see. I remember when he got traded, uh... Oh, and the Bruins kind of let him go. I was like, fuck, he's been here for ages, man. 2007, I think it was, when he moved. I'm like, wow. Physical freak, too. I mean, he. I could see him becoming not, like, as long as a Char, uh, yeah, Char, as a Yager or a Tom Brady, but no. he's that kind of, like, physically fit guy that he'll play longer than he should. And even with, like, his size, you expect a player like that to deteriorate a lot faster than and he most other players. Right. He, yeah, he hasn't. So good for him. Uh, moving on, we got Rasmus Dahlin. He signs a three-year, $18 million contract with Buffalo. After coming into the league in 2018 and at the age of 21, Dahlin has already made an impression. He's a 6'3 defenseman that can shoot cannons from the blue line, perfectly placed a redirect shot into traffic, or find a man on the ice for a tape-to-pay pass or one-timer. Oh, did I mention he's also a quick skater, too? Uh, Buffalo knows what they have with him, and if Buffalo did anything right this offseason, it's this. I love this signing. Uh, again, Buffalo not really doing much this offseason, but this was a good this was a good move for uh, the Buffalo Sabres and their whole, uh, what the hell you want to call this, revamp, this whole thing that they're going through. Yeah, it's a hard, hard rebuild, but... Um... I think you got to spend money somewhere, and Darlene's definitely a good player to lock up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's happy with three years. Like, I don't want to get too bogged down here. Like, I feel like Eichel spent too much of his career waiting and waiting and waiting for Buffalo to turn it around, and they never really never did. did. So, I think Darlene kind of sees the you know the the red flags with this relationship. Right. And 
says, yeah, three years is probably the right the right terms, and six mil is pretty good for a player like that. He's gonna he's gonna do really well for them this season. Right. Maybe he's thinking take this three years as a Buffalo Saber, uh, play three more years in the NHL, maybe veteran up here, learn from the vets, and uh, get his game going to the point where after three years, you never know. Uh, Maybe, I mean, he's a great player, but maybe one of the greats and then sell high for the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, he's probably like one of the top 50 defensemen in the league right now, I'd say. Oh, easily. I'd probably put him up there. Easily. Uh, moving on to goalie signings, we have Elvis Merzlikens. He signed a five-year, $27 million contract at the Blue Jackets. Elvis, who has taken the reins as a starting goalie role uh, in Columbus, is well-deserving of this. And it's telling us Columbus wants to keep him the number one <clears throat> Only being in the league for two years with Columbus, he's already made a splash, averaging a .920 save percentage and 2.54 GAA with seven shutouts. He and Jonas Corposalo have been a dynamite goalie tandem in the league. Corposalo now coming up in the last year of his contract this season. will be an interesting to see what Columbus does. Uh, I love this combo. Uh, Columbus has really been on the rise here. Um, would you say that, like, they're, that Columbus was one of the teams we were talking about that's kind of missing like their one thing? To really push them through, or are they missing a few keys? I think Columbus might have been missing one thing in the past. I think that the last two or three years, they're missing a lot more than one thing, and now you have Seth Jones leaving, your top defenseman. So I think they're going to be the next team to start looking at a rebuild and locking down a young goalie like Elvis Merzlikens, who can you know, really be the backbone of your organization. Um, is definitely a smart move for that. Mm-hmm. And I also think seven shutouts in two years is fucking insane. Huge. That's really good. Uh, especially when you look at the two years being – uh, really a year and a half because of the shortened season, too. Right. And um, I think when it comes to Jonas Corposalo, uh, he's got his contract coming up at the end of this season, you said. I right. think that they should try and move him and get something for him before he can walk at the end of this season. Oh, easily. Easily. You know? Jonas Corposalo is another great goalie. Uh, I don't know if Elvis Mazzikens is helping him out, but I love this goalie tandem. And you're right. If uh, Columbus is trying to do like a little rebuild here to push him past more uh, rounds in the playoffs, Jonas Corposalo would be a great move to grab at least two guys, maybe maybe a guy and a great draft pick. I don't, I, I don't know, but, yeah, they got to uh, – I'd say Corposalo is showing Merzlikens the ropes, if anything. He's been around a lot longer than Merzlikens oh, yeah. has. Yep, so. yep. But, yeah. Um, so – They remind me of, like, a Nashville. Sorry to jump in. No, that's fine. Like the, the pairing that you had with uh, Rene and um, UC Saros. UC Saros, yep. I feel like they, they're both uh, similar. Doing well. Uh, tandems, buddy. Tandems, 1A, 1B. We've been talking about this since what our first episode, I think. Uh, so should we move on to the last one? Best for last, baby. The best for last here. Guess what happened this week? We have Kirill the Thrill. He signed a five-year, $45 million contract at the Wild. Uh, we've been talking about this guy for weeks now, the speculation, what he will do with either playing for the KHL or Wild this season. We finally got, finally got the answer. <clears throat> Uh, let's go through some stats on Kirill to show why he's so big. Last year, his rookie year, he led all rookies in goals with 27, was second in assists with 24, first in the league for points with 51, first in the league with shots with 157 shots, and second in the league with power play points with 13, all compared to other rookies last season. And the one part that isn't included here is what he did in the playoffs of the Wild, too. He really stepped up and, stepped up. and you know, really did, pulled his own weight. You know, in the, in the postseason, which, which is, is huge. Good to see. Huge, especially as a rookie. Uh, but here's where things get interesting in a hockey sense. Kirill might just had a great season and might shit the bed for the rest of his contract, but will he be a player that we think he's going to be? Yeah, I absolutely think so. This isn't one of those uh, flash-in-the-pan seasons, I'm going to get paid and then sit on my ass. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's up and coming in the league. And honestly, I kind of hope that you saw at the beginning of the season, when, uh, the beginning of the offseason, when people were saying, Kirill might go to the KHL, he might not. And then Bill Guerin jumped in as GM and said, whoa, whoa what, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, we're fine. We're talking. We're fine. Yeah. I hope that this is all one big publicity stunt to make, like, the biggest splash news in the media. Like, boom, Kirill's here. You know what I mean? He's not yeah. going to the K. But it was all, like, planned out, you know, just genius marketing. It's fucking working. I hope, you know. Yeah. We've talked about it almost all, all off season. yeah. <laughs> it's been nuts. But why wouldn't you? He's one of the best players in the league. Right. Fucking, right. as a rookie, too. I mean, call the memorial that we're talking about. We're just like, dude, just give it to him. Like midway through oh, yeah. the season, we're just like, just give it Kirill. Like no one's gonna fucking beat him. Yeah, for sure. Um, so good news on all fronts with the signings that happened this week. Um, I'm gonna move on to Travis Zajac, who announced his retirement this week. Uh, he signed a one-day contract with the Devils to retire as a Devil. 
Zajac played 1,037 games 203, with 203 career goals and 552 career points. Uh, entering the league with the Devils back in 2006 and not leaving with the team until last season with that Zajac Palmieri trade was a player that could give you 14 plus goals a season, but more so stood out as a playmaker. He's not fully hanging up the skates, though. He's staying with the Devils organization in a player development role, which I think would be great for the organization and new players to learn from both as a hockey veteran and also as a Devils veteran it's, uh, himself. Uh, how do you feel about that? I love to see guys find a home with their like home team, their organization, figuring out like what they can do for their you know their team and in in the long term. It also helps players a lot of the time. Professional athletes across all sports um, finish playing and they're like, "That's what I've done my whole life, day in day out." Was hockey, it was basketball, it was football, and now they have no purpose in life. Like I'm retired, I don't have anything to do, and they kind of like get lost and don't really know what life is and this is a huge, basically, like, stepping stone. Like, hey, here's what it's like to have a career while still having your your hands in the hockey pool. You know right, what I mean? Right. So I, I think it's awesome to see that. Yeah. I uh, I think you saw, saw a lot with Marty Bedore taking uh, the reins there in uh, St. Louis Blues as the uh, what is he, the back guy for uh, goalie coaching, right? I couldn't tell I, you. I couldn't tell you. But he stepped in and helped out. Like, Marty Bedore is like a household name, too, in New Jersey, as, as, uh, as Travis Zajac is. <clears throat> Sorry, but um, yeah, it's uh, one of those plays that like, like you're gonna puke there for a second. Fuck, almost. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that was. I was like, is this a burp? Oh god. Um, but yeah, man, veteran player and uh, again, veteran for the New Jersey Devils. I think he will be a great uh mark for these new and upcoming players to look at and be like, oh, I know this guy. I grew up watching this guy on TV. You know, a lot of respect coming from him, the organization. So uh, expect to see maybe good plays that he's going to teach throughout the few years that he's going to be a a player development coach. Yeah. Yep. Um, So let's move on to another topic here, which we kind of been – it's a thing. It it, it is a thing that we kind of try to stay away from, but, you know, it's – real life we got covid troubles here in the nhl and and when we when we talk about this too we're, we're gonna try to stick to like the facts of the stories we're not gonna get into like vaccination Bullshit. and like yeah. all, all picking aside whatever this is just the story the headline this is what it is right exactly so the columbus blue jackets announced zach ronaldo will not attend the team's nhl training camp due to the fact he is not vaccinated Ronaldo was sent down to the AHL affiliate Cleveland Monsters uh, for their training camp that happens later this month. Uh, I couldn't find anything that said Ronaldo refused to get the vaccine. Uh, with that said, he might come back. We might see him back for the Columbus Blue Jackets when he gets it. Uh, this comes soon after the firing of Blue Jackets assistant coach Sylvain Lafarbe, who refused to get the vaccine. Uh, so this is how serious the NHL is getting with uh, everything and teams in general. Uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly stated that 98% of the players will be vaccinated, leaving 10 to 15 players unvaccinated among roughly 700 people on the 32 teams, which is nuts. Nuts to me. So It is crazy to have that close of a fully vaccinated right. you know, group. That's good. I think the NFL... Uh, is a lot more like their players are a lot more vocal about like I am or I'm not vaccinated and I'm going to jump through the hoops to stay unvaccinated or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Right. They're much more vocal and opinionated about it. Whereas the NHL is kind of like setting the guidelines of like, this is what this we're is doing. It. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't want to do it, it's just know. different, you know? Right. Exactly. Especially after like the bubble and everything they went through uh, last season. I think this and, is going to be like, hey, and the other part of it, the NFL doesn't have to deal with the border. So that's probably part of why the NHL is so strict about it. We have to, you know, we're, we're a multi-international business, so we have to deal with the Canadian national border and, you know, operate as, as we need to. Right. So. And as a different country too, Canada has different rules and regulations too. Yeah. With COVID and everything and that, I think they're a lot more strict right now than the U S so. yep. Um, Fully vaccinated players will have any COVID test treated as hockey injuries and still be paid, and unvaccinated players will have their movements restricted while on the road. Uh, Tyler Batuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings refused to get vaccinated and will not travel to the eight games in Canada this season. Uh, he will also forfeit $400,000 uh, if he continues to decline the vaccine, which could be subjected to more money for uh, for more missed time, which is huge. So it's, this is really just like, listen, you could – we might keep you on the team, but you're going well, to pay for it. I think it's more 
not you're going to pay for it. It's you're not playing these eight games because you're not getting vaccinated. So we're taking eight games out of the 82 out of your salary. Okay, we're right. not going to pay you for right. work that you're not doing, you know? Right. Got so it. I think that's the way that that is. And I think where it says uh, if he continues to decline, he could be subjected to more money for more missed time. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he comes up with a positive COVID test or some other stuff like that, they'll say you missed these games because of it. We're not paying you for those either right. kind of thing. Right, so. right. Makes sense. Um, and to end this off, uh, Edmonton Oilers goaltender Alex Stalock is expected to miss the entire 2021-22 NHL season due to a heart condition he developed after contracting COVID-19 last season, which again goes with what we're talking about of how serious this is and how serious the NHL is taking this. Um, the fact that you have a goalie here, Alex Stalock, that's developed a heart condition from COVID. I mean, you see this. You're kind of looking at this as like, damn, NHL's being really strict. But in a situation like this, you're being like, there's a reason why we're being this strict because you now have a player in the league that's literally can't play all of next season. Um, yeah, and I, I'm, seeing, Alex Stalock? yeah I'm seeing 38 games played last season. I thought I saw that he had like really serious side effects from the Delta variant last year. Um, and I think that's part of his heart condition that was caused by COVID-19. Gotcha. Um, but it, it sucks to see that. And I guess this is like the more serious side of it, you know, for, oh, yeah. for, you right. know, a little more inside look at it, you know? Yeah. It's such a weird, other people, no side effects or you have serious side effects or you mean it like you just, you just can't tell. And it's better to be safe, uh, than to force someone, not even just a player, but someone into a situation like this. And uh, I think the NHL is doing a great job with uh, what they're trying to do here. Um, so you want to move on from this? <clears throat> Moving on, we got uh, Kachina. Yuck, dude. That was dude, gross. I don't know that what's going on. you just made in Fuck. the mic. Ugh. Billy, can you, like, beep that up, please? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, what is wrong with me? Ugh. Kachina becomes the Arizona Coyotes' primary logo. Uh, Coyotes rebranded back in 2004 uh, with the Howling Coyotes head from Kachina. Uh, the team is calling a complete rebrand and business transformation, starting with the logo. The Kachina logo is based on the ancestral spirits of the Pueblo people and depicted a hockey stick wielding coyote. Uh, coming from an organization who will play their last year at Gia Riva, sorry, Gia River Arena this season and is assumed to play 2022 season in Tempe, Arizona, Makes for a brand new story for this organization. Um, Arizona's arena proposal. I'll, I'll jump into that. You want to jump into that? Yeah. So I'm going to do that in a sec. I think that the Kachina is the best logo in the league right now mm-hmm. that's like active. Right. And I think that they're like the sharpest jerseys that they could make. The only thing I do think is that blue moon looking logo that they have for the alternate. Yeah. I think they should have kept the Howling Coyote on the shoulders. Yeah. I, I like did the, like that logo. I like the Howling Coyote. Sorry. Yep. And that way it's still like in the mix. You didn't just like dump your old like that logo and get rid of it. Like right. slap it on the shoulder. I think it looks nice. But it was in the le- it was in the league for years. So yeah. now it's just kind of like just deleting it like it was nothing. Yeah. So uh, they are not assumed to play 2022 season in Tempe. That actually just broke two days ago. Um, so the 1.7 billion dollar arena proposal for the city of Tempe, Arizona. Uh, will be for the Coyotes' home arena. Excuse me. The proposal process will take several months to even have an answer. The team told the Arizona Republic that the first phase of construction would be completed in 2025 at the earliest. First phase of construction being like the entire arena would be up then. Right. This being the case, where will they play next season? We don't really have an answer yet. Uh, We have a quote from Ed Dixon at uh, Sports Pro Media. Quote, even if that comes to pass, a new arena would still be years from completion meaning the Coyotes would need to find a temporary home. The franchise has already begun looking for potential destinations, stating it that it was committed to stay in the East Valley region. Um, the latest pushback on their 46-acre proposal in Tempe is that the arena is within two miles of Sky Harbor Airport, uh, which is becoming an issue. And with them being that close to the airport, um, no fireworks or lasers will be allowed outside of the arena. You don't usually see that here, yeah. but out that way, like I'm sure like the West Coast teams and stuff, they, they do that they shit all the time, it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, fireworks aren't really a big thing in Boston, and it, it'd be weird outside of the, the garden here. Right. Um, and the other comparison that I saw made online was that the Arizona Cardinals built an arena, I, I don't quote me, but let's say four miles north of the airport, and there was a lot of pushback from the airport saying, like, it's it, it would interfere with operations and things like that, and they had to work around certain things. It's, it's entirely true. Because you can't – they're that close that it could fuck with things like – like, the laser thing, if they didn't think of that, like, if a laser hits an airplane, like, 
it, it fucks with yeah, like fucks the whole with, like, thing. Yeah, yeah, the pilots, everything. So there's there's a lot of things that they want to look at before. Basically, the airport's just saying this could be an issue. We need more information before we just approve this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not saying no. They're just saying like we got to look at every everything that we every can think aspect. Of. Yeah. yeah, safety first. So um, yeah, but the earliest, even if this does pass, which would be three months from now, which is January. Uh, let's say ground breaks in February, March, it, the earliest it would be done would be 2025. So I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, you mentioned, I think, a couple episodes ago San about Jose. how San Jose came and played in Arizona. So maybe they'll repay the favor for a season there. But that's not, like, really that close to have, like, a home crowd, you know? No. And at the time, it wasn't like – I don't know. I like I, I just don't know what they're going to do. Uh, how many arenas are there? Are they going mean, to take like a I, college arena? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good that? idea. University of Arizona. Yeah. I bet they have a good, uh, like not a huge like NHL bowl, but you could fill enough seats. Um, the other option I was thinking was like maybe you could repurpose the Phoenix Suns arena and get, you know, an arena done in in there, turn oh, it yeah, into an right, ice rink, right. kind of the way the Celtics and Bruins do. But I'm sure more is going to come out because they have to find something. It's not, and it's not like, hey, every, when you go when you when you face Arizona, we're going to be playing street hockey instead of ice hockey. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll be curious what they do. Uh, I, I I mean, again, Arizona State University, they have that rink, but like you need like NHL. Yeah, it needs to be NHL regulation one, two, NHL size. Uh, you have to have good locker rooms for the teams coming in. You can't just like go into like these. Beer league ice arenas mm-hmm. with like cracked ice and like no, Hingham uh, has like this is one part of the ice that like doesn't even have any locker rooms. You just get dressed outside. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully, we have something with the next few months or just some little jab that will be like, hey, uh, we're planning on doing this. You know. You mentioned uh, street hockey too. Uh, one of the coolest things I remember seeing. I forget what it was honestly, but. They played a basketball game on a – I think it was college, actually, maybe a tournament. They played basketball games on a battleship out in the middle of the ocean on, like, a fucking U.S. Oh, battleship. It was shit. pretty cool. So I was like, that'd be that'd be kind of cool to see something like that, like an NHL game on, like, a fucking oil rigger out in Alaska, something like that. That'd be cool as shit. Um, the one thing I, I saw – I think it was soccer? No, it was, uh, it was tennis. Like, uh, it was like a – not like so you got like the land and then like there was like this for some reason like little like elevated island and they made a tennis court for it and i'm like but there was no fences so it's just like if you lost the ball like <laughs> you lost funny. the ball and to get over there i'm like i don't know how the hell you got over there <laughs> but it'd be funny to see how many lost balls it'd be like uh you ever see um clerks the first one yeah yeah all the street hockey like balls when they're up where they're up yeah. on the roof and they lose the street hockey ball like who's got the next ball <laughs> uh you want to get going with the uh the next one? Yeah, so we just broke down Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. Malkin and Crosby just came out. We knew Crosby was out for the first few months. Uh, Malkin will now be out for the first two months of the season as well. He announced he's going to be out after having knee surgery in the offseason. Uh, with that, he joins Crosby, who will be out for the first six weeks of the season. Two months is a lot of time to miss. Uh, not one, but two star players. It'll be interesting to see how the Penguins play and who takes their spots. And if both can come back right away at 100% ready to go. Um, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned how when one's out, the other one really steps their game up. Well, now you're fucked. You're missing both of them. And right. the Metro Depo- Metropolitan Division is full of great teams like Columbus, the Islanders, Capitals, and Hurricanes. And this is definitely going to be a big blow to the team. It's going to be a big blow. Uh, wrist surgery for Crosby might be back a lot, but to come back full force after a leg uh, surgery for Malkin, I think we're going to see him come back slow and by the time both of them come back, I, I think you're going to be seeing Pittsburgh uh, be very low on the totem pole for the Metropolitan Division, and I don't know what they're going to look like with the league. But I think, honestly, too, when they come back, they might be gripping the stick a little too tight. Like, we need to make up some lost points, and that might hurt Overthink, them in the long run. and then they yeah. fuck up, and, yeah, we yeah. might see, be seeing a uh, maybe Maybe me putting Pittsburgh out and Philly in might, uh, might work in my favor I here. saw this, and I'm like, damn, maybe our picks are off. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's looking all right. We'll see, though. <laughs> Because I was like, Crosby out six weeks? Yeah, they can come back. And then Malkin out for like two months? I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, this might this might change a few things. So, And then you have the whole Jari, Casey to Smith thing. Jari definitely took the uh, starting position over there. But it's, I don't know. Like, Jari's a good goalie, but I don't think he's a goalie where you can lose two of your top players and see Jari, like, stand on his goddamn head. So No, and, and that's not like 
two of your top line players. It's like your best player on your first line and the best player on your second line, too. Right. And two of your players on your top power play unit as mm-hmm. well. So. Right. Right. Uh, so do you want to get going on this one? This is uh, this is your pride and joy over here. Yeah, so this was pretty cool to see. Um, for any of you Spit and Chicklets listeners, um, they, they work with Barstool, obviously. So this is the Barstool Hockey Cup. Uh, it's going to be in 2022. It was just announced. It's a week-long all-women's hockey tournament featuring Olympians and top-level athletes from the U.S., Canada, and Europe. This event will be held annually, and this year it will be at the Northwell Health Ice Center on Long Island. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys have heard of the – Basically, the drama that ended up going down between Erica Nardini, who's one of the CEOs of Barstool, um, and the NWHL. So now it's the PHF. So I think this is their way of going after them, the Pro Hockey Federation. or Yeah, Pro Hockey Federation, right? Yeah, it's a – no, uh, not a Premier Hockey Federation. Premier Hockey Federation, right. So that's formerly the NWHL. Mm-hmm. Um, Barstool CEO Erica Nardini reached out to the NWHL last season or the season before to partner with them and help them grow the game for women. The NWHL executive said that they were on board and would get back to them. And then the league proceeded to publicly dust them, saying that they were misogynistic and not will- wishing to work with them. They, I think there were players that said th- this, like a few of them. And then the rest of the league was like, no, that's not the case. And Erica and Barstool now have their own event to try and grow the game for the women and expose them to a larger market. And I think it's really cool to see them like competing basically directly with them. I um, did too. And Barstool as a whole... Yeah, they did have that past history of it, I guess. And mm-hmm. with, like, the Barstool Smoke Shows and, like, all this other shit, it's kind of like a, a boys club thing. But Erica is really rebranding that and getting away from that. Barstool has now become the number one piece of marketing in the world. Any brand that they pick up just fucking blows up. Like, High Noon, Mamitas, like, all these sponsorships. They're sponsoring C4. Like, if you can get sponsored by Barstool, your company's going to fucking make it, dude. You're doing good. People will buy it just because Barstool said it's good. Um, Barstool... So we play golf, or I, I started playing golf again. There's a golf store up the street here, and uh, I went in there, and the first thing I saw when you walked in, Barstool has, like, their own golf thing going on. They had, like, their own golf section. Yeah, the right four, four play the pod, right? It's, yeah, it's it's insane. You could, you could do anything. Like, they have uh, Saturdays for the boys, like, uh, golf club. and mm-hmm. Just anything you yeah. can think of Barstool. They're just blowing up. And the shit's so expensive, too, dude. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. I did want to go back to what you're talking about, too, with the um, – uh, NWHL and that whole debacle there. I didn't like that uh, it fell on the players too. I feel like because it happened and you're just like, yeah, but like you're representing the whole National Women's Hockey League. And... What do you mean it fell on the players? You're talking about like their opinions on Barstool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it some of them came out and were against it. Were right? against mm-hmm. it, and then there were a few that are just like. But the league, like executives made this statement from the league on their behalf saying right this. exactly like, they kind of put words in the player's mouth exactly you know? which yeah. uh, which is what i didn't like at all and it was so unfortunate for uh, just, it's for just bad women's for women's game in yeah. general yeah, yeah. For it's sure. just it it didn't look good you're an organization national women's hockey league is an organization coming up uh you're there to look good you're there to get in fans and everything and, and what you're doing dude, there was just why with, wouldn't you partner with the fucking man that is barstool like sports. they will blow your league up like, Holy shit! And I, I meant it in a good way, but like now you've dusted them publicly, they're gonna blow your league up in a bad way. Like you're done. <laughs> like they're huge, and you just coming up yeah. shitting on like this, uh, this absolute unit of. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't look good for the National Women's Hockey League. I, I understand it, their sentiment, but making a statement for the entire league like that, I didn't like, like that. It. I didn't like that at all. It, it was it was no good. And try and to. To back up or to say what I want to say too is uh, I didn't like that statement at all, but I'm in full support of the National Women's or now the Premier Hockey League. I love what women's hockey is becoming. It's it's growing to be this thing. Uh, it's two different leagues: National Women's Hockey League and uh, this fuck. There's another league that uh, it's kind of coming up to, and now you have this barstool too with all the women. Uh, so that, this in. barstool thing is actually just a one week tournament too. There's only four teams. Right. I don't think I said that. Right. But. Yeah, it's an all week thing. Uh, what this is what I'm saying though, like it, for Boston to be like an all week thing, you know how big it's gonna blow up too mm-hmm. with all the people, all the fans from Boston. It's gonna be like, it's gonna see like a, uh, and I guarantee you it's gonna be on YouTube. They're gonna talk about it on any of the podcasts that they have, uh, spitting chicklets. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna get another like huge group of fan base that's gonna be like, ooh, women hockey. Let, mm-hmm. Let's check it out. So, dude, one thing that pissed me off a lot actually, the comments were fucking bullshit. 
when they made the post, I was like, this is fucking garbage, dude. All the fans, I'm like, you guys are fucking assholes. Really? The shit they were saying, dude, yeah. It's absurd. They're all like the top like comments. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know. It, it what, just doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah, that's another reason why I didn't like, I don't like Barstool. Uh, I don't like, I'm not a fan of Dave Portnoy. I'm not either. It's kind of like a facade that he puts on, like the persona that he is, and that's what I don't like, but- I get why he does it and right. why it works. Like it is a shtick, and I think his fans understand that it's just a shtick, and it's, they just like, it's you know, it's Dave being Dave. It's working. I remember when Boston became a thing, and it was a huge sports thing, and all the sports fans fucking loved it. They always put out like these funny memes, and I don't know if it's within like the year or two years or three years, but these Brads and Chads randomly like took over as the fan base for Bostool, and Bostool kind of just like, well, we have this fan base, let's appease them. And you're seeing, like, the Brads, Chads, the, their dads that can sue your dad for making fun of them. Uh, these dudes wearing fucking, like, calf socks. And and that's what the fans you have. You saw, you, like, what you're getting. You saw that in the comments. It's just, like, these fucking, like, 15, 16-year-old kids. I don't know. I, this, I fucking... And not to say I hate Bostool, I just... I'm not a fan of the fan base. I'm not a fan of Dave Portnoy, but I'm on I'm on the same board for the most part. Yeah, right. right. Like I I mostly agree with it. I it's but for it's, it's a little a whole, aggressive. I, I like it. Yeah, it's a little aggressive to get out there and say it. Right. But I I but. totally see it, and I I kind of agree. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's good for women's hockey. I can't wait to I, I I actually can't wait to uh hear about it and are they gonna show it at all or is it just like a week thing? We might see this on oh, yeah, uh, dude. Barstool. Whenever Sports. Barstool does anything like this, it's all You're gonna blown see up. It. Yeah, you'll see it. Good. It won't be on like NBC Sports Network, obviously, because Barstool has their own media group. That's media how group. they do it. Right. They think they have an actual full channel on Sling TV now. Oh, that's good. Like it's just Barstool content twenty four seven. Nice. So yeah, we'll definitely be seeing I I'll definitely write that on the list, uh watch it. Or see any content for for the week, and uh, we can talk about it at the time comes. I'm sure there's plenty of uh, European hockey, women's hockey players that we've never heard of that might blow up here. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to do it. I, I don't think that they would do U.S., Canada, like West Europe, East Europe. You know what I mean? Right. Like divide up the four teams, but I don't know. It would be cool to see. I, w- I would like to see them do like a full draft. I think that would be cool. All oh, the players cool. like register and then oh, like, yeah. four, nice. four women captains that draft their team. That would be cool. I like it. I like it. Um. So what do we got here? Oh, do you want to start this? Yeah, so Jack Eichel was actually stripped of his captaincy uh, this week. Um, lost his captain spot in Buffalo, placed on the IR. What is going, going on? on. Uh, I could tell you what's going on. Eichel saying, uh, I want the fuck out of this organization. And, um, I, dude, this came out. Buffalo brought this out like this was a huge slap on the wrist for Eichel. When I, I remember seeing this and telling you as soon as you – I don't know if I sent you uh, the information or you sent me the information, but I remember telling you just like, do you think Eichel even cares that he lost to C? He's trying to get out, but he's placed on IR. Or is it long long term IR or just IR? Yeah, I mean this is all this all goes back to the conversation we had about his surgery. Like this is this is the plan. This is the play. This is how it's going to go. Yeah. So it's not really like Buffalo slapping him on the wrist. It's kind of like we need that captaincy in the locker room. We need someone to be the voice of reason for the team. Never right. mind like whatever the fuck's going on with you and us. Like, right. Someone has to be the captain and someone has to step up here, mm-hmm. so we're going to need it. I think it's a mutual understanding. I think he's obviously still pissed at the organization for the way they're handling the surgery. And I think the other thing that's putting them in hot water is everyone knows that Eichel wants out, so no one is willing to trade a big enough piece to Buffalo for them to say, okay, he can he can come out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So they're kind of putting themselves in a pickle. And at the end of the day, Buffalo needs to just let him have the surgery, like we said before. We're basically like repeating everything we said. Um, just I think that they took the C so they can give it to someone in the room that will be a voice of reason and right. help the team move forward. I think this is where media made me hate it, is because like just the wording of it, where they're just like Eichel is stripped of the C. Yeah, and yeah, like, eh. I get that, but that's what you call it. Like, what else would you call it? I don't know. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't really step down. Yeah, he didn't step like, down. He didn't give it up. It had to be taken from him. Or Buffalo chooses, or it could be like Buffalo is choosing a different captain for this next season with Eichel out. They could. They just. Yeah, they could have made it that. like that. Yeah. But instead, you get this. But that's not what happened. They didn't choose a new captain because Eichel's out. They said Eichel's out. Eichel, yeah. we have to take your captaincy. You know. Right. I don't know. I, uh, clickbait though. Clickbait. 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 That's gonna be our. Uh, it's gonna be our clickbait little uh, thing for YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Eichel stripped to the butt cheeks, <laughs> naked. 
<laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what happened? Sorry, say that again. Oh, God, yes. I want to talk about this, and we're going to talk about it. it. I showed you the video. You saw it. You liked it, too. So funny, dude. I love this guy. Big YouTube guy over here. Uh, there's so many people that ask me, like, oh, have you ever seen this show? Nope. I haven't seen the show because I was born and raised on fucking YouTube, and that's all I watch. I don't even have fucking cable. Uh, anyway, so doesn't even have an electric bill. I don't even have an electric bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hugo Agnafelt. Agnafelt. Uh, Ag- oh, sorry, Alnafelt. My bad. <laughs> I already fucked that up. Jesus. Uh, he's got a second mic'd up for the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, dev camp. Uh, goalie Hugo Alnafelt was mic'd up yet again uh, for the Def Camp. Hugo plays for the Syracuse Crunch in the AHL, averaging out at a .902 save percentage and 2.36 GAA, and seems to be an upcoming goalie for the NHL. He was mic'd up for the first time in two years and is still one of my favorite videos to watch on YouTube. Uh, love the mic'd up videos. There's so many of them. Uh, I think I talked about uh, Connor Ingram. Uh, when he did it for uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, when he was playing for, uh, I guess, the Tampa organization, uh, you have Joey Decord, Mag- uh, oh, Sogard, Mad Mad Sogard, I think, from uh, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, in the video, so he claims not to be funny. I, I still think like the sweetest action accent just makes him funny. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's sitting there in the second video. Dude comes out like a fucking legend too. He goes, uh, what did he say? He goes. Uh, I'm Hugo. No, I'm still Hugo. Uh, I'm still a goalie. I still stop pucks. <laughs> Fucking leg. He's like 6'3", big dude, Swedish accent. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't think it's funny. I think it's fucking hysterical. Like midway through, he's like got this like Borat accent just going on. But it's actually kind of funny to watch those videos because as a goalie, I mean, I got the mic'd up now that's going on. Uh, I got a second video that I recorded that I'll be putting up on YouTube sometime soon. I just got to edit it. But uh, it's kind of funny throwing a mic on a goalie who's just like, just do what you normally do. And uh, I literally talk for the mic for content on YouTube. But if it was just me, no mic, no nothing... The shit that comes out of my mouth sometimes just keep my just the mentality of just being by myself all game and just like to keep myself in the game is almost like what comes out with these goalies just like random shit like I I probably be just like Borat voice but like very nice shots very nice just like just random fucking shit and it's just so funny to think that like oh I'm not the only fucking crazy one like these guys and the professionals that do the exact same shit and I think that's why it's so funny to me yeah goalies are fucked we're all fucked we're all. We're all, we're all um, a little fucking. But one quick note too, I'm not seeing any AHL games from him on Hockey DB. I see HV71 Yonkoping, uh, Swedish Hockey League. So I think he's playing over there. Uh, but he's still with Tampa. I got him. I got him growing. on Syracuse Crunch. That's why. Yeah. But uh, yeah, too fucking funny. I'll have uh, both links to the first one from two years ago and second one down the links. Links in the description on YouTube uh, if anyone wants to check it out. Oh, too too funny. Uh, I showed you. Actually, I didn't even show you. I think you're the one who sent it to me. Yeah. Uh, and Caught I was like, eye. I already saw it, but it's just too fucking funny. Uh, I'm going to send, if you guys get on it, you're going to go down a rabbit hole because there's like 20 of them that uh, you'll just watch over and over again. Um, so to jump off from from that little thing, uh, I, I want to talk about crazy goalies and people being crazy and uh, looking weird, but... Uh, this Brandon Tenev uh, Kraken photo that he took, uh, how, do you, how are you feeling about this? So he recreated his uh, his Pittsburgh his photo, photo, and when he was interviewed at the time about the Pittsburgh photo, he told the people, he's like, I actually saw a ghost. <laughs> I think like he just saw how bad the photo was and was like, oh, fuck. Got to come up with I something good. He's like, this. I saw a ghost. So he ended up recreating the same photo for the Kraken, which was hilarious. It went viral, and then... Um, Kapanen on Pittsburgh actually did that for his photo too, which is hysterical. <laughs> so it's it's kind of fucked. We have it at the bottom here for you, but it's it's hilarious too at the same time. Dude, Tanev, that blew up. Did you see last his tape season, job at practice? No, I never saw it. His shins, dude. Oh man, I think oh I think yeah, yeah, put yeah. that out too and said uh he's been fined the league maximum five thousand dollars <laughs> for fucking taping his shins like this. There's like a spiral of tape around both legs, like so much tape. Dude, 
this guy's hilarious. It, it's yeah, it's funny to see, but at the same time, like this guy's like a goalie in disguise, that just pl- who's just playing out, just like the weird shit he yeah, does. Yeah, either that or he's fucked. Like one of the goal, one of the player would just look at a camera and just be like, makes no sense. Just makes zero sense to me. Just I don't know. Good player though, so you can't really talk too much shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you have our last thing that we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, last hockey-related thing here. I found this on Instagram today. I thought it was really cool. Coach Jeremy has a challenge app. So on Instagram, he's at HowToHockey. Uh, he has an app now. It's a 10,000-shot challenge. His goal is to complete the 10,000-shot challenge before his men's league starts up on October 17th, giving so, him about three weeks to so take. So is this uh, like alcohol shots? Yeah, yep, going on? yep. Yeah, we're going to be So just like up. end up in the hospital? It's yeah. great. Uh, yeah, so he's just shooting on a net in the basement. Um, I'd like to do mine 100 shots a day for the next 100 days, but we'll we'll see how that actually goes. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely hard to get outside more with, with the baby and everything. Mm. But if anyone else wants to check it out, hit up the App Store, Google Play Store, and type 10,000 shot challenge. It's actually really cool. You, you dial in like what you want to set your goal to. You can uh, select how many of each type of shot you took, like wristers, snapshots, backhands, slap shots. Um, and you could tell them exactly how many pucks you have that you're working with. And I think that would – I don't know what it does. I haven't really dove into it yet, but I just found it today. And, like, you could say – let's say I have 25 pucks. It would say, all right, let's do 25 wristers, snappers, slaps, you know. And, or one day it's 50 back That's a lot, by the way. It's a lot, dude. It's a it's good a workout. Lot. And, I mean, Great my workout. forearms are going to be, like, fucking swolly diver by the time I'm done. 100 shots for 100 days, that's, that's pretty cool. But if you think about, like – I feel like the pros do it all the time. You think about Sidney oh, Crosby dude, in his more basement. more than that. Yeah, yeah. about Sidney Crosby in his basement, that whole the whole thing that he's like sitting at, uh, shooting at the was it the dryer, right? Mm-hmm. Must have shot at least 200, 300, uh, 300 mm-hmm. pucks to uh, get to where he is today. That's what kids do, though. Like when kids are really dedicated, that they don't see it as work. They're just having fun and just, just fucking fun. messing up mom's dryer. You know, right. hilarious. Just fucking up everything. And uh, but at the same time, I feel like you, one, you're messing around, and two, uh, I think you do get to a point where you're just like, hmm. What if I shot it this way? Would it be more accurate? Mm-hmm. So you kind of learn as you go while you're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you get to our age, you're just like, all right, let's do this. Or or not, and you just sit on the couch like me all day. Yeah, and then you watch uh, NHL Network and be like, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> and you watch and be like, I would have made that goal. <laughs> I would have saved that, you fat slob. <laughs> <laughs> after fucking shit in your pants after that long Taco Bell fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, So... Uh, that's, I do want to actually, I, I'm, there's one thing I did want to talk about. Go for it, bud. I'm going to get a beer. Yeah, it's, get, all right, cool. So actually there's two things uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, I will save this one for last, but, uh, I am going, this is the re- one of the reasons why I didn't say it because I'm going to, I butcher so many fucking names on this podcast and this is going to be one that's going to just, uh, it, it, it's, it's not going to be pretty. It's just. Is it cock and Emmy again? No, nah, it's not cock and Emmy. And to, so, sorry, I'm like I'm getting up the post now, so I can uh, I can do it. Here we go. Samuel, uh, God, I'm gonna blow this. Samuel Asinaway, uh from on deck. It's probably a sent away. It, it's probably we call right. it, we become Asinaway. Asinaway or Asinaway from on deck Omni Conning. First Nash, uh, sorry, First Nation of Manitouian Island uh, signed with the Flint Firebirds this week in the OHL. Uh, he joins a small list of natives uh, in Canada playing hockey. Uh, Nas Nas away uh, is actually from Little Current, Ontario. Uh, which I found out is a small-ass population of only 1,500 people, which is northeast of Ontario. Uh, I thought this would be cool to talk about because October 11th that's coming up is uh, Indigenous People's Day here in the States. Oh, nice. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. And then I was like, hmm, uh, I wonder how many people are um, in the NHL right now are Indigenous. And there's a few in here that are just like, ooh, interesting. Uh, what's, what's the total number? Do you have that or no? Yeah, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's eight people who are Indigenous. Oh, that's it? Yep. So eight. Ethan Bear. Uh, actually, he's not on the list for some reason. What, wait, what What kind of indigenous? Uh, that's weird. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess just... Uh, what, what does it say? What's the list that you're looking at? Uh, it's a list of current NHL players uh, or uh, for a list of... Wait. Oh, no. This is just a current list of current NHL players who are native. Oh, it might, might have been upda- not updated for... Um, uh, for Yeah, Ethan Bear. Why the fuck isn't he in there? 
I mean, he was there last season. I believe he played the year before, too. Mm -hmm. Not 100%, though. Uh, Oh, interesting. Yep. Well, I fucked up. But, yeah, to see see some of these names, though, it's pretty interesting. Like, Jordan Tutu is not in the yep. league now. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. That, pro- so that's just an old list, I bet. Just an old list. But yeah, It's K- probably grown. They, they probably got at least 20 now, oh, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. Easily, which is cool. It's Carey Price. Tutu was a fucking wrecking ball. Price is native? I didn't Price, know that. Yeah. Uh, he's part of the El Cacho First Nation in uh, Montreal. Uh, TJ Oshi, native. Wow. Uh, OJ Wabi. Uh, so there's, like, a bunch. Rene Bork, part of the Metis. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, it's cool seeing these uh, indigenous kind of rising in here for uh, hockey. It's cool to see hockey just in general kind of uh, opening up to like. What's that guy's name? Steven? Uh, Steven Asinaway? Steven Asinaway. Is it Steven? Sebastian? Steven? Did I say Steve? It's uh, Oh, Sam. Sam. It's Samuel Asinaway. So yeah, if Samuel Asinaway wants to play on John Tortorella's team, he's going to really have to get his ass in the way of the pucks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you like it? <laughs> I like it. I like where you <laughs> went. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, something to add to to everything going on with the NHL. It's uh, becoming like a big thing to uh, spread the game. Man, you got Japan. Uh, you got um, Tunisia too. We're Tunisia. gonna cover that next week, or you? We'll cover that next week. Uh, I want more information on it. But Tunisia actually became the 82nd International Ice Hockey Federation uh, member country. To so, so that's like the IHF World Juniors and things like that. So yep. there's eight. There's now 82 with Tunisia. Those 82 teams have to qualify for basically what you see as the top 10 teams that play in the IIHF World Junior right. tournaments. You know? Right, right, right. So I thought that was cool. Uh, I saw it literally, I think it was today. I saw it today. I didn't get much information on it. That's why we kind of took it out. But, uh, yeah, I do want to talk about it probably next week if there's more information that I can find. So, yeah, yet again, uh, we saw Japan. Uh, Japan a few years ago, I think they first started uh, a hockey. They got into the IIHF or whatever. got blown the fuck out but uh it was cool to see um i can't remember who's, what team they were facing it was some team uh i don't know if you're gonna be quick enough but it was cool to see they kind of got blown up but at the end all the players were just kind of going around just like saying you know great job guys uh keep sticking with the hockey you know and it was kind of funny to see japan's like they weren't heads weren't even down they were just like this is an experience for us we want to get better this is one way to get better is to lose, to uh, fail, and uh thought that was great. Did you find anything on it at all? No, no, I wasn't looking that up. Oh. Fuck you. Fuck you. Don't care. Okay. Yeah. I don't see. care. I see. Still don't care. Don't care. Still don't care. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's it for what we got going on. Um, again, I have... Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I, what I was looking up was uh, Kaylor Yamamoto played in the NHL. He was uh, Japanese. Nailed it. He still is in the NHL. Fuck. My bad. That's cool. Really? Played 52 games Who? for Edmonton. Kaylor Yamamoto. Yamamoto. His uh, <gasps> yes! great-grandfather yep. was Japanese. Yep. Oh, no shit. There was another one that I was thinking of, but I couldn't. Nabokov? Is he Japanese? No. No, Ov. No way is Japanese. Whoops. Um, Did you say Yevgeny Nabokov? Yeah, there's, there's a, there was a, a San Russian? Jose. There was a San Jose goalie that's Japanese, I believe. That was part Japanese. I can't I think, think I know who, who you're talking about. It's not Nabokov, but it's like his partner at the time. But there was a San Jose Japanese goalie. Uh, Yeah, but that's it for hockey news. Uh, Again, I have a – I did another mic'd up in Hingham this week, uh, which I thought went well, well, even though I was fucking dying. I I switched uh, the mic to – uh, it's more like more inside. You put the windscreen on or no? I put the windscreen oh, cool. on, okay. so it should work. But this game, man, was just like – dude, I hated this. This was like – B-level team dropped down a D just to, like, fuck with teams. It was, like, in my end the entire time. Like, dude, I hate but dude, this shit. I, as a goalie, prefer that. Like, I'd rather be that guy than the guy at the other end that's getting a shutout with seven saves. I'm, I'm the same I'm the same way, but at the same time, like... Why do that? Why do that, yeah. one, as a team? Like, I enjoy, like, the shots and everything, but at the same time, like, I need... I'll take all the shots, but at the same time, I need, like, a break or I'm going to have a hot attack on the ice, you know? But it was, like, down my end, like, But that's good training. I, I like that. Yeah. That's endurance. Like, this week at the 6 a.m. skate, I had two of the guys stay on with me and do a little burnout at the end. Oh, nice. Uh, you sent along, like, uh, Dahan. I forget his first name. Dahan training videos. And I was watching his stuff, and I tried to implement it in my game at, like, the pickup skate. Oh, and yep, yep. I, I get I got scored on more than usual because I'm trying to change my game a bit. But mm. th- it's the same thing with golf when I show up and, like, 
you guys clown on me because I'm like, hold on, I'm working on something new, and I fucking <laughs> chunk one to the right, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck you, and then I do my second one after my mulligan, and it's fucking striped down the middle, and you're like, oh, that's what you're trying to do? Yeah, no shit. But yeah, I was getting fucking dusted like high blocker side, but um, I was trying implementing it in, yep. implementing some of the new stuff and just trying to you know make it part of my game every week now instead. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to start doing. I'm very good from right to left. But my left to right is just yeah, so Yeah, I noticed that too. I got to be more symmetrical. Yeah. Um, like C cutting from right to left, I'm just, I'm good. Like real good. But from like left to right. I mean, you don't C cut side to side. C cuts to go forward. Your right skate is strong C cut and your left skate's weak. Mm, when I push from right to left C like cut a, a from like push. side to side or T push. T push, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, really good. But like, again... I just shuffle. Like, I've gotten to the point mm-hmm. now where I'll just kind of shuffle. And I think what's fucked me up, too, is, like, seeing Tugaras kind of does the same thing where he'll just – he'll be quick, like, shuffle over there. I'm like, oh, if he could do it, I could do it. But I got I to – Jesus. I got to – That's not how life works. I got I to gotta switch that up. I got I to get better. Barry man. Bonds can hit bombs fucking 500 yards. So can I. I was actually thinking about stopping goaltending. They're, uh, they're just – they're right here in mass, and so many – fucking AHL pros come up there to train so yeah. uh since they're right there I might see you know what's going on um would you be interested in it not stop it cuz I'm not ready for that but I would do like a goalie clinic through like Mass Hockey League or something like that and mm-hmm. start there right. cuz you can get like the same training it's just not one on one not as personalized and it's obviously a lot cheaper you're with a big group of goalies the shooters are there etc cetera, etc cetera. like how do I explain it like we're not trying to go anywhere, so we shouldn't go to the highest level training. Right. We can go get the training that we need and that we want from these other guys for mm-hmm. less money. That's not to disparage stop at goaltending. They do an amazing fucking job, top of the line. Like right. if you're looking to actually be a good ass goaltender, that's where you would go. But mm-hmm. we're fucking way past our prime. Like I would just go to personally, like you do you, I would go to like a regular goalie clinic and, you know, work on my own things and, and figure right. out what I need from them. Right. Stop at goaltending is just come top of the line. Dude, they started off. Uh, we had Peter Rander, you know, and hey, I think I'm talking about Stinky Socks a lot. <clears throat> Stinky Socks worked with uh, Stop a Goaltending years ago, years ago when they first started up. And uh, they actually did a clinic for us with, uh, with Stinky Socks. And I used to go up there in Andover with them uh, every week. And at the time when they were just starting up, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Like, it was just like. They had us all, like, kind of in a row just stopping pucks. They wouldn't tell us, like, oh, you're doing this right or wrong. And so I didn't – I hated it at first. But over the years, like, they figured it out. And now they're at the point now where we're seeing Joey Decord, who we were just talking about at stop a goaltending up, like, up getting trained to play in the professionals and stuff. So they've really gotten their shit together. That's why I kind of want to go back because I want to be like, oh, this is what you guys became and this is this – mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the that, that'd be cool then. Um I like I made a lot of cool connections through Mass Hockey League and like I think it was really just through them but I met a lot of good goalie coaches that would also play in the league too mm-hmm. so they would be there like see my games play against me and like have pointers for me and things that I could work on and then I would see them at the goalie clinic too um we're gonna bring up your favorite goaltender again this week because I had a one-on-one <laughs> session with Rick DiPietro's goalie coach no once. shit yeah, yeah. He was, he was, like, real old, too. He was, like, 70 when he was training me. Yeah, that makes sense. But it was pretty cool because I was like, damn, you got Rick DiPietro to the NHL? Like, maybe that could be me one day. Maybe I could make millions and sit on the couch. Yeah, right? Just burnt out and injured, injury-prone and 15-year contract with the Islanders. That'd be nice. Sounds good to me. You could do it. Make make more money than I make now. Believe in yourself. No. I'm fat, <laughs> old, out of shape. Got a spawn to feed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so thankful hockey's coming back again. We have, uh, I don't know if we talked about this, uh, starting Sunday. Yeah, we talked about this. Oh, we talked about this already. So get ready. Uh, we got a lot of, lots of stuff to talk to, uh, I guess coming up Friday when we talk, I feel like these preseasons though, just like throw all the fucking rookies in there and be like, yeah, that's what it is. dude. You got to see who's making your third, fourth line. Obviously your first two lines are set going into you know, for most teams, mm-hmm. going into the season. It's right. good to get them in there for a little bit of game-time decisions, but this is really time for your third and fourth-line guys to step up and prove that they should be here and not down in the minors. Right, exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, it's good to watch that if you're interested in that. It's hard to find the preseason games on TV or 
you know, even online trying to find footage. But we'll see some cool highlights. We'll have some cool stuff for you guys next week, I, I'm sure. And the season will be kicking off in a couple weeks. You know, it's been great. As I said, again, I'm a YouTube guy. Uh, YouTube, uh, all the teams have a YouTube channel. The majority of them do. And uh, they've been excellent with being live uh, on YouTube. I saw, like, uh, training camp for Detroit Red Rings this season, uh, Vancouver Canucks. And I think that's so cool because usually that's something that is open to the fans and people go show up. And I'm sure COVID limits that, one, like, as an arena and doing it, but two, as a fan, like, I don't think I really want to go there and watch training camp and practice. Mm -hmm. Now you can through, you know, YouTube and Instagram Live stories, things like that, so... Uh, stream road, uh, fans coming in. Uh, there's actually something I did want to talk about that, that was kind of funny that I didn't, uh, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, let's see. So the, the title of this on NHL.com is, uh, crack and hold their first practice of, uh, training camp in great atmosphere. It said the first fan arrived at 7.30 a.m. Thursday, about two hours before the Seattle Kraken appeared at the Kraken uh, Community Iceplex. Sorry, let me say that again. Kraken Community Iceplex, their brand-new three-sheet practice facility, which I thought was fucking cool. Uh, Mario Barile had a ticket and was guaranteed a seat. Uh, he goes, I've been waiting. He said, I've been waiting almost 30 years to have a hockey team here. So you already have him, like, Fans who were waiting years for a Seattle team to come in, which is good for a Kraken man to come in and be like, "Yeah, we we already kind of seemingly have like a fan base here, just waiting for a team," which is great. Uh, sorry, what did they say? We wanted to get in. We're just hanging out to be part of the field. So these, like, you already have like an organization, a, a fan base for the Kraken that just wanted to come in. Uh, it's just kind of fun to see uh, the story of because uh, the way they have it worded in this. Uh, they have this water right now if you want to see it. Wait, what? What What are you showing me? Oh, I, I thought you were looking it up. Oh, no, no. I, oh, you're you looking, could, something, yeah, else looking oh. something else up. I thought it was just funny because the, uh, the way they have it worded was uh, they made it seem like it was just this one guy waiting for practice for two hours. Yeah, right. Where they're looking out and just like, I don't know, it's just like, you know. Well, that's lot, how, that's how interviews are written, like. You know, it's it's about this one person, but there's other people there. Right. You know what I mean? It's just kind of funny because, it, it, like, the first thing I thought of when reading it was, like, um, you know, uh, what's that weekend after Thanksgiving, uh, Black Friday? Mm -hmm. uh, you know how, like, you see, like, millions of people at the door and then they open it and, like, they all scammer in? Well, think about this. You had a Kraken where they just, like, they open it and it's just that one guy be like, oh, I can't wait for this. Oh, fuck yeah. Gotta oh, get fuck to my yeah, seat. yeah. <laughs> Got to get to my seat quick. Yeah, so he's been waiting for professional hockey to be there. They have the Seattle is. Thunderbirds in the WHL out there. And I've heard that they actually get a pretty good crowd for that team. So that's pretty cool to see. That's a major junior hockey team. I love that logo, It's by in the way. Uh, Kent, Washington. Yeah, it's nice, dude. That's sick. Yeah. We'll chuck that up for you fans, too. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's close it out. Uh, we had a great reek. Great. Why do I always fuck up week? I said reek. Red rings. Red rings. The Detroit Red rings. Red rings. <laughs> I like that one, dude. You do it every time. I have a speech impediment. I've never called you out for it. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Don't lie to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dumb. Uh, so, hold on. I, uh, I want to get into this. We ran out of nips for you, and... Uh, I, I got a shit ton of liquor to get rid of, so it's a good thing. Like, I didn't want to buy more nips. I'm like, well, well, well. We got all this stuff here. I'll just crush that. No more nips, but we do have Ciroc in there, which is a lot better than most of the nips that you've had. I still think that is a, uh, a double nip. A little shot glass. No, though. dude, it's just tall. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like go upstairs and get a beaker and measure out fucking fifty milliliters. You can't see it because my hands in the way, but it's just skinny. It's skinny and tall. All right. Well, we'll see when you shoot it. Yeah, it's one shot, dude. Fifty ml. All right, man. Well, uh, good episode forty three. Uh, we'll see. We'll see everyone for episode forty four next week. Uh, with uh, more hockey content for you guys. Yeah, my mother got me this from Costa Maya, Mexico. Isn't that special? It's got an avocado on it, bro. Avocado. All right, so I got a Ciroc watermelon. I have Dr. Miguel Cuddy's raw vanilla, so this is actually good. This this should be good, too, though. Cheers. Cheers. <sighs> I don't like it. Some watermelon you don't like? Really? No. That's delicious. Watermelon can, like, be hit or miss, though. I think it's, like, one of those flavors that, like, can be super artificial, and that really was, dude. That was good. It's, like, 
when it's super artificial, it tastes like the green part of the watermelon, not the pink part. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's still watermelon, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> It's just the rind. That's it's, all we had left. It's technically the watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross, dude. Don't like it. No, thank you. But that was definitely one one nip because oh, like, okay. the amount that filled my mouth. It what just we'll looks do, weird. I'll go upstairs. I'll fill this with water and pour it in here, and I'll show you. All right, cool. All right, uh, you call us out. I, uh, I keep screwing up the uh, call out. All right. Let's all right. Uh, let's turn on your listening ears here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. You do it. I do it every week. You try and do it. I keep taking away your peace, man. You're just going to leave? You, you, you're just going to leave? Okay, man. Okay. All right.